Hunter Biden's plea deal revised. A dramatic day in court. A routine courtroom hearing, it seemed, ended with a big plea deal in disarray. Hunter Biden pleading not guilty after his plea deal was put on hold. But wow, they acknowledge that Hunter Biden has massive legal troubles that did not go away today. They have been in denial for years about Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden, wow, this was supposed to go nice and easy, all breezy for Hunter, all arranged by the deep state, by the swamp. Uh, it did not turn out that way. He was supposed to plead guilty to two minor misdemeanors and walk out of there uh, a free man forever. The judge had some questions. Her name is uh, Mary Ellen uh, Narika. And look, I'm not a lawyer. I have never actually been tried or anything like that, but I thought she was great today. I have something special. This is the transcript. We just got it uh, from the hearing today. And I think she was asking all the right questions. And you heard the defense and even the prosecution start to be like, uh, 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 let's take a look at it. Oh, by the way, Hunter was in court. He showed up with a multi-vehicle caravan for a guy who's supposed to have no money. He arrived in style. Um, but the judge reported as follows. And you know what's great? The whistleblowers, all those hearings, the House Oversight Committee, a lot of those people were submitting letters, briefs, amicus briefs, I think they're called, to the judge, and it looks like they made a difference. The judge at one point says, um, I have not been able to review the third-party submissions. I do understand that they request that I reject the plea agreement based on information that the flyers submit cast doubt on the investigation performed or the charges brought or both. This is the judge talking. So let me ask you this. If I were to think that the facts presented in those submissions or even the facts that have been presented to me in this case and the attached agreements suggest that the investigation was lacking or that more serious charges should have been brought, is it within my power to ask or direct the United States attorney or the attorney general of the United States to redo the investigation or bring different or more serious charges? I think she's actually asking a bit of a rhetorical question, and it's something of a of a setup in a good way. Mr. Wise, who's the prosecutor, says, I don't believe so, Your Honor. No. Mr. Clark, the defense attorney, says, we agree, Your Honor. It would raise, obviously, massive separation of powers questions if that was to be taken. The judge proceeds, OK, and isn't that decision about what charges to bring for the prosecutor as part of the executive branch? Prosecutor, Mr. Wise, it is your honor. Mr. Clark, defense, we concur, your honor. The court. All right. So if it if there were a failure in the investigation or the charges brought were inappropriate, how would that get addressed in our form of government? Mr. Wise, the prosecutor, through the political process, your honor. Mr. Clark, defense. In particular, your honor, the executive branch is charged fully with investigating and making prosecutorial discretion decisions. And indeed, that's where the term prosecutorial discretion comes from. It is vested in the executive branch. She's asking key questions here, and she's on to something. Next, she says, OK, let's walk through some of the provisions of the plea memorandum uh, of the plea agreement. Do you have it in front of you, sir? Yes, he does. It goes on to say, I need some help here. Because you all told me that this plea under Rule 11, Section C, slash W, <laughs> X-ray Delta, but yet I have this provision 
that I would think is normally in a plea agreement. So tell me, how do these agreements relate? Are they part of a package deal? Mr. Wise, so, Your Honor, the United States' position is that the agreements stand alone by their own terms, and both agreements include their last paragraph that says that with this one caveat, I know it's getting technical here, but hold on, the court, the judge, uh, that's a big caveat. <laughs> if you're telling me that rules such and such and such and such an X-ray delta doesn't give me any authority to look at this, uh, you know, having an agreement not to prosecute, that's why I'm looking at this. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I need to understand this. He would not agree, just so I understand, sir, you would not agree to that plea agreement if you didn't get some immunity from the other charges. Is that right? Speaking for my client, that's correct, sir. She's able to determine that something fishy is going on here. And she busts it wide open. Look, that's my interpretation. Um, they seem taken aback big time. We'll see what happens next. He did plead not guilty. He was supposed to plead guilty. That was a prearrangement. Uh, this is possibly my favorite part, of, my second favorite part of today. There was an agreement that basically, all right, we know who you are, Hunter, and we have an agreement. You're gonna stay out of trouble, so we'll keep you out of jail. I mean, you know, you could be put in jail right now, even before a trial. So let's go to the agreement. It was signed by Hunter Biden, whose first name is Robert. Did you know that? Okay, there, there's his signature at the top, Wilmington, Delaware, and the judge's signature next. A couple of things he has to do. Uh, number one, don't do drugs, all right? Good. Number, uh, what else? No drinking, all right? No drinking at all. Uh, this could be a problem, especially the drug part. We all saw what was going on at the White House on the 4th of July and the drugs near the Situation Room. No firearms. All right. That makes obvious sense. Uh, we've seen his gunplay and he's in trouble for that. And this, I think, was the ultimate. Get a job. You have to pursue work. Um, he doesn't have a job. And I think that's a problem uh, for him. And the judge called it out. And... Um, because his side has had to admit that. You know, the art, the art is a scam. And they, they, they basically had to concede that. And they've done it before. He doesn't get a salary. Here's what they hide behind sometimes. It, goes, it cuts both ways. Hunter, they say, the president's son, Hunter Biden, now has no salary, has had his Porsche repossessed, and was forced to sleep on a cot in his father's room during a recent presidential trip to Dublin. This is back when he was fighting the uh, uh, child support payments for that unacknowledged presidential d granddaughter in Arkansas. Remember the art. How much money? At least, at least this much. But I think the judge seems to know it's a scam. It's not a job, all right? It's not a real job. It's part of this whole thing. He may get prosecuted for some of this stuff. $500,000 per painting. And he's flying on private jets. Yeah, his, uh, what do they call him? The sugar lawyer, some guy from California, big time lawyer slash likes to smoke pot, hangs around with important people, loaning Hunter a private jet. And he did arrive at court today in a motorcade. For a guy who's supposed to have not much money, this is how he arrived? I know he gets Secret Service. Does he get 50 Secret Service agents? That would seem excessive. And there he is. Part of me thinks that Hunter enjoys the attention. If you, if you look at the laptop, if you look at some of the videos, you, you kind of pick up on that. Hats off to the whistleblowers.
I think they were game changer last week. And the House Oversight Committee and the rest, a couple of other things might be going on. The U.S. Attorney, David Weiss. <laughs> I mean, people have been really questioning his, uh, his integrity. And maybe he said, you know what? Enough with this. We're not going to go through with this. The judge, what did she see today? I think she saw right through the whole sham. And maybe it was the defense attorney who has a bit of a motor mouth. And, well, who knows? Did he screw up today? Do you have any idea if um, Hunter Biden's laptop had anything to do with this investigation? Was it used? I don't. No, I don't. I mean, Have you I, ever asked about it? Um... I can't recall being asked about it, to be honest with you, um, but there's nothing about the, the situation that's being, that's been filed that has a thing to do with the laptop. Why not? I don't know. You'd have to ask the prosecutors. Hmm. Well, today a judge could ask the prosecutors anything she wanted. That guy was right there. He seems like he's holding back, playing a cutesy game of some kind. And maybe, maybe the judge sensed that Hunter Biden is not playing it straight. I mean, everybody in America has seen that. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's... Is, this I is really a, don't know okay. if the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was yours. I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that that was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. And you, you didn't drop off a laptop to no. be repaired no. in Delaware? Not no. that I remember at all, at all. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's legit. How about that? Have you ever lost something? Well, I could have lost it. Then again, uh, this whole thing, uh, an illusion from the Russians. <laughs> one or the other. I know it's one or the other. So, all right, so there's that. And maybe, I'm sorry, if you're the president of the United States and you deny something and everybody in the world knows this is not true, I think the energy of this could find its way into a courtroom and mess up, mess up swampy plans. I did not know he was on the board of that company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. You know my favorite clip of that? Remember where he's like, we kept everything separate. We kept everything separate. Like, what was separate? Everything. You mean the whole thing, like plausible deniability for you, like Tony Bobolinsky told us, huh? We kept everything separate. They were making the money. I was the front man. It was separate. I never talked business on the phone. I just said hello. They took care of the details. Everything was separate. One more from Hunter. There's no but to this. No, we never did. Your dad said, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know you what said, you're doing. It, I do. And I said, I do. And that was literally the end of our discussion. So for the record, they did talk about Hunter's business deals and a lot more. It looks like they shared the profits. Next. When I met Jill, I knew. My brother said, there's this woman, you'll really like her, Joe. So I gave her a call and she had a date that night. You said, um, do you think you could break your date? Oh, that's right. And, and, <laughs> and what'd you do? Well, I called and... Uh, 
told the guy that I had a friend in from out of town and went out with Joe. Isn't that cute? But it's not true. That story is a lie. Next, please. I, I wasn't big on the whole date scene thing. But when I met Jill, I fell in love with her when I saw her. said, I'd really like to see you again. So he, he's looking at his calendar and he's, oh, Thursday. No, no, I'm really busy. No, I'm busy Friday. How about tomorrow? And I thought, buddy, you just blew your cover. She's owned me since then. <laughs> All right. Again, very cute story, but it's not true. Before Joe Biden, Jill was married to a great guy named Bill Stevenson, a very prominent citizen of Delaware prominent businessman in Delaware. And in the 2020 campaign, as he started to write his book, he wasn't, this was not character assassination. This was, you know what? These are facts and these deserve to be understood. It wasn't like he was saying, don't vote for Joe or vote for Joe. It's just saying what you just heard is not true. Take a look. So you were friends with Joe Biden. Oh yeah. Right before the election in 72, Jill, Joe, Nelia, and I were in his kitchen. How do you forget that? Stevenson says his first inkling something was up came when Jill refused to go with him to meet Bruce Springsteen, who was booked to appear at the Stone Balloon. He said, uh, Jill asked me to keep an eye on the boys. And I just thought to the back of my mind, hmm. That did not make sense to Bill Stevenson, who will be joining us in a moment. One more clip. One day, he says a man came into his bar and asked him to pay damages for a fender bender that involved Jill. He looks at me and he says, oh, she wasn't driving. I said, her beloved Corvette, she wasn't driving it? He goes, Senator Biden was driving it. And I went, what? Wow. Bill Stevenson has very unique insight into Hunter Biden's situation or non-situation in Delaware. This man had a much smaller problem, yet was treated radically differently by the same federal government. Uh, Bill Stevenson joins us right now. Uh, Mr. Stevenson, welcome to Newsmax. Thanks for being here. Greg, how are you doing tonight? We're doing Thank terrific. you for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely, Bill. So, Bill, listen, uh, what was that like to hear what you just heard? You know, the official story coming from the now president of the United States and the first lady about how they met. How did they meet, actually? Well, it's actually amazing that I'm getting this opportunity after uh, 40 years. I know it's way back machine, but it's so current right now, I can't believe it. Looking at those videos, uh, I've seen them before. Uh, a lot of people have seen them before. But the problem is they've kept that a total secret. The problem is it's a total lie. Everything they were saying is untrue. I actually met Joe in the summer of 1972, right before his election. I had gone to see Caleb Boggs, who was the current U.S. Senator in Delaware at that time. And I said, Newark, Delaware is so corrupt, they're not letting me continue to open my bar. He looked at me, he got really mad, and he said, what do you mean my friends in Newark are corrupt? get out of my office. And I was shocked. I made a mistake because my grandmother is actually the one that 
told me to go see Senator Box. She was actually a very big Republican woman in the Philadelphia area, and she was friends with him. If I made a mistake, I should have mentioned my grandmother first, but I didn't. He said, go see that joke, Joe Biden. So I did. I became friends with Joe. I donated to Joe's campaign three different big fundraisers at the Stone Balloon. Not only was Jill at those three big fundraisers, there were 800 other witnesses that always, to this day, mentioned that they were there. Hey, There's Bill. still me, a lot of people that were there. And let's establish, uh, when did you get married to Jill? What was her maiden name, by the way? Her name was Jill Jacobs, and I married her in February of 1970. We met in Ocean City, New Jersey, Greg, in 1969, the summer of 69. I met her, went to Woodstock, came back, asked her to go to a birthday party with me, and the rest is history. And two We years, got married in February of 70. Beautiful. Two years later, uh, you meet Joe Biden, and you start, you know, throwing those events, and your wife is there, and I guess he noticed... He noticed your wife? If he didn't notice her, he was blind. <laughs> this story is just so unbelievable. I don't even know why they made it up. They're getting very upset that I'm saying that they're having an affair in August when they're saying that they actually met in March of 1975. I, uh, we were still married either time. And uh, I don't know why they picked this story, Greg. Have you... It's interesting. I heard you tell the story in 2020. And let's face it, look, not all marriages last and, and things happen. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, half of all marriages, they say, end in divorce and infidelity is a big part of that. I sense from you that, you know, you have a lot of beef with Joe Biden, but somehow you're over this. And when you came out, it wasn't like, don't vote for Joe because he, you know, fooled around with my wife. It, you seem to be totally over it. I never said anything back then. I am. I was so over it almost instantly. Things, we got married when we were really young, Greg. Uh, you know, she was 18. I had just turned 21. And uh, <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, it was a quick romance. We got married. Uh, she started going to the University of Delaware. And I was over. Everything was fine. Everything was going fine. And then all of a sudden... In 1976, they sued me for millions of dollars. They wanted half the stone balloon or $2 million. No, wait, when you say they sued you, you're talking about, you're talking about Senator and Mrs. Joe Biden? Or they weren't even married yet. They weren't married yet. Who sued no, you? No, they weren't married yet. Matter of fact, that's just one of the big things. Uh, I had given her quite a bit of money at this point and continued to pay for her education. That's how little it bothered me. I, I really didn't care. You said the other night, Greg, I have no beef with Jill Biden. I have no beef with my ex-wife, Jill. I'm telling you right now, I've done great over the last 36 years. Uh, I love my wife, Linda. She's sitting right over there behind me right now. And uh, so it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. That's great. But unfortunately, the federal government came after you in the most aggressive way. And if you don't mind, stay with us for a little bit. What happened to you, sir, what the FBI and the federal government uh, did to you, it's quite frankly amazing. And when you compare it and contrast it to Hunter Biden and how he's being treated, it's really wild. Folks, you're going to want to see this. Bill, please stay with me and we'll be right back.
information. Truth is power, is freedom, is money, is health, is Newsmax. Millions watch it, so can you. Newsmax is real news for real people. And we're back with Delaware businessman Bill Stevenson, who, yes, as we mentioned in the previous block, was married to the current first lady, Jill Biden, back in the 1970s. Now, they got divorced, and you know what led up to the divorce, but it was actually somewhat amicable. Uh, but then <laughs> things got very hot for Bill Stevenson uh, in Delaware, hot in a bad way. Now, Bill, if you don't mind, let me take you, uh, us through this. The, the Stone Balloon is the place that you ran, an amazing kind of legendary pub in Wilmington. All kinds of great music acts uh, showed up there, uh, Bruce Springsteen and others. Now, at one point, <laughs> you got in trouble in 1982. But when people see this, <laughs> let's go through the... Uh, some court papers here. On April 21st, 1982, defendants were arraigned in this court for failing to make payments to the account for the first quarter of 1982. You're the defendant along with your brother. The first quarter of 1982, failing to make payment. How much money was not paid? $8,266. Now, this is federal court, and you were charged with a felony. And this is in April of 1982 for the first quarter. Just to review, <laughs> January, February, and March, three months make a quarter. And you were charged in April. Uh, Bill Stevenson, uh, <laughs> I've never heard of something happening quite so fast. It seems like maybe they were out to get you. You think? What do you think? Yeah. Listen, this was devastating, and I'll tell you how it happened. We went to court because Jill turned down a million-dollar settlement from me. Uh, she was about 22, going on 23. We were only married four years at that point. We're in this vicious divorce trial. I turn around, try to make it as easy as possible for her. I give her her Corvette. I provide a townhouse for her. I did everything I could to make sure that she was happy because I still cared about her. And uh, to this day, I still care about her, to be perfectly honest, and everybody around me knows that. My, uh, my problem is with Joe Biden. What he did was, right before the divorce trial, he switches law firms to his old, old law firm, a gentleman named Melvin Monson. For three days, they bashed me. They bashed me in front of the IRS. They bashed me in front of the Department of Justice. And I said, what in the world and why is this happening? The bottom line is I won everything. I had given her quite a bit, and they ruled that her education at that point, which was her master's degree going on to the doctorate degree, that uh, she had enough. She actually owed me at the, uh, a little bit of money at the end of the court thing, which was bizarre. My lawyer stood up and said, no, we don't want it. Here's what happened. They appealed. I owned a couple houses with her. Uh, but the problem was I owned our big house and my home at the beach in my company's name. So they sued me for one of the houses. It took six years to resolve that. 
And this is when my problem started. In 1982, they lost the house, and Jill had to come to the lawyer's office and sign off the deed of a house in downtown Newark. It wasn't even our beautiful home at Oak Castle or my home at the beach that I owned corporately with friends. Mm. It was a house that was worth $35,000, dollars and now it's worth a fortune. But here, here is where the problem was. Frankie Biden of the Biden crime family comes up to me and he goes, give her the house or you're going to have serious problems. I looked at Frankie and I said, what are you threatening me? And uh, needless to say, about two months later, my brother and I were indicted for that tax charge for $8,200. You know, just on the so surface, a, just, it is crazy. Now, you're hearing this. You heard it. You had a, you say you heard a threat from Frank Biden. Those dates are crazy. One week later, Delaware is a small state. Joe Biden is like the prince of Delaware in a way, right? Very powerful. You think that he essentially ordered this. Get Bill Stevenson. I not only think it, I know it. I'll tell you right now, this is what he's using now. But we'll get to that in a minute. In 1982, my brother and I were charged for $8,200. At that point, the bar in the first 10 years of business had already grossed over $30 million, and we had generated over $5 million in taxes. I could not believe the power of Joe Biden and the Department of Justice. I couldn't believe it, that I could be indicted for $8,000. Now, here's the tragedy. My brother pleaded guilty. It broke us up forever. It's just within the last month that we're talking again. It broke my heart. He pleaded guilty. He took the fall. And in the newspaper, Judge Murray Schwartz turned around in the Wilmington News Journal and said, I sentenced the wrong brother. So I knew that there was something coming for me in the future. So as we look at where we are today, Hunter Biden in court today. Now, granted, there was no deal. It didn't actually happen, but we anticipated it. And so far, the government has charged him with two misdemeanor counts, a five-year investigation. They come up with two misdemeanors. You, it was an eight-day investigation. They come up with a felony. This two is felonies. Two felonies. A felony for me and a felony for my brother. That's that why it, he pleaded guilty. It, it, it is totally wild to look at these, to look at the comparison. And now... I want your thoughts on President Trump, because it seems actually like you know what they did to you. I know what they're doing to President Trump. It's all been politicized. And just like they're going after him now, they went after you in the 1970s, 1980s and perhaps beyond. Greg, I thank God that you saw a story about me that you have shown some pictures on a couple months ago. And uh I called you and I said, thank you for being positive. Uh, it's hard to believe what they're doing to President Trump right now. And that's why I came to you and you listened to my story. He is doing Joe Biden, our president, right? He's, he lives two miles from me. Today, I'm two miles from the courtroom where the Hunter deal fell apart. And he is doing the exact same thing. I couldn't stand it anymore. I needed somebody just to listen to me, to tell them what happened to me because I got on the wrong side of the Biden family 
after spoiling Jill for five years, I was on the wrong side of them, and they have literally come after me for 35 years in a row. One little thing after another. I was charged with an $8,000 car loan on a BMW that was owned by my business that I had just sold. I mean, it's been tragic. I can't let them do this to a president that I love and respect. I can't let them do this to our country. This is why I've come forward. This is the only reason I've come forward. It's like I said, nothing about the divorce, no bitterness, but Jimmy, Frankie, and President Biden are very dangerous, and it's tragic. I can't let them do that, do the, what they did to me, to President Trump. I can't do it. Bill, uh, I know you've led quite a life, actually, in numerous businesses, and you're very entrepreneurial, and you were an athlete uh, of, of some renown nationally. Um, you've put your thoughts together in a book, in some sort of manuscript. I know you've uh, kind of had it for a while. When can people possibly read your story? We're talking about mid-September to early October. Uh, I'm not promoting the book, Greg. I'm promoting what the Bidens did to me and uh, what they're doing to our former president and what they're doing to the country. I don't even know this guy's thoughts anymore. I feel like he's a different person. You have to remember, I've known him from since 1971, and I have followed him. I've never said anything. I've never spoken out. In my first book, The Stone Balloon, The Early Years, yeah. I say we drifted apart. My new book is going to be called The Bidens, The Early Years. And I am just telling a story of facts with proof, with pictures. And I think people are going to be surprised. But really, this isn't about the book. This is about what's going on right now in this country. Today, two miles from here, the Hunter plea deal fell apart. I was ecstatic all day. I couldn't believe it that it fell apart because you know what's happening as of today? The tide is turned. Now everybody is hearing the story. The national news media has ignored them for years. They've let them get away with murder for years. And... I'm just so glad that I'm able to tell my story. It's quite a story. Bill Stevenson, we thank you for joining us and to be continued. Many thanks, sir. All the best uh, to you and, and your wife, Linda, okay? God bless you, Greg, and God bless everybody at Newsmax. I just thank you for letting me get this out. Of course, of course. We uh, thank you, and we'll be right back. In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion. Gold was $1,000 an ounce. Today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have $1 trillion in interest payments annually, another $1 trillion on defense, do we really think the spending is going to slow down? A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. The oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due, and with vacancies, plunging valuations, and higher interest rates, more companies are just going to walk away. It's no wonder Google searches for how to buy gold hit record levels in 2023. It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today, by the way. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. 
Call the proud Americans at Patriot Gold today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be physical gold and silver. Call 888-309-9181. That's 888-309-9181 and get a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now, 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. MSNBC. Uh, or MSDNC. You know, for optics purposes, they have to have a Republican. And uh, this is what a Republican sounds like on MSNBC. And the investigation's going to be over. And they have the best, the best narrative. A Republican president appointed the special counsel to look into all of this. The Republican-appointed special counsel determined that nothing happened with President Biden, then Vice President Biden, or in between. So they just need to get their answer down and keep moving forward. That's it, huh? Uh, now, the special counsel actually hasn't wrapped up his work yet. And the counsel I think she's talking about is the U.S. attorney. And that just blew up. And even if it hadn't blown up at that point, U.S. attorney is under fire for totally blowing this case and possibly for a total lack of integrity. Next, please. Susan, do you think all of the efforts of Republicans to be the oversight of the Biden administration, of President Biden, his family in this case, Hunter Biden, to investigate every allegation is helping them with the American voter? Or does it just look like they have a grudge with the Bidens? It looks like they have a grudge with the Bidens, and they do. And to Lisa's point, they have no other thing to go to. This is all they have. The economy is looking good. We don't know what will happen a year from now, but it's looking good for the Democrats. Things are moving in their direction. Things are looking good. What are, what are the Republicans? <laughs> An overwhelming majority of the American people are concerned about the economy and do not approve of the way Joe Biden has handled it. And oh, by the way, he lost the war in Afghanistan. And we see him every day. And we know He's a failure. We know he lacks any integrity. But things are going great. Again, just checking in on the fake news. That's a Republican over there on the fake news. We'll be right back. Greta Van Susteren is back. She's on Newsmax, giving you the really big stories without the spin. Watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren. She's smart, tough, and always fair. Don't miss Greta's new show. As the youngest member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there, I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I'm thank you for that, though. What a bizarre thing to say. Don't worry, Joe. I do not make that assumption that you are not corrupt. Uh, look, Joe Biden was not adequately vetted by America's media in 2020 at all. There's a book that uh, uh, I wish more people had read. It's called Yesterday's Man, The Case Against Joe Biden. came out January of 2020. It's by Branko Marcetic. And, uh, sir, welcome to uh, Newsmax. Uh, thank you for the book. And um, how are you tonight? I'm good, thanks. So 
Do us a favor. You saw that clip there. Uh, what is the fundamental misunderstanding that, say, liberals have about Joe Biden? Well, I think Joe Biden has been painted as someone who's who's kind of a, a you know very hardcore liberal, even a radical, um, as someone who is kind of carrying on the uh, uh, legacy of FDR, um, you know, Franklin Roosevelt. And, and you know, I wish that were true. Uh, I think in some cases he has defied some of his earlier political history and some of his instincts. But I think, you know, he's fundamentally a pretty conservative guy, uh, a guy who is, um, you know, his, his sweet spot is kind of the status quo. And one of my arguments of the book is that, you know, really there needs to be a fundamental change, a fundamental political change in the United States, and that Biden just uh, wasn't really the guy who was cut up to do it because of some of the political lessons and uh, they'd taken from his career and life. Um, so, you know, I think uh, that's one of the things that I wish had gone a little more uh, uh, attention during the Democratic primaries. But, um, you know, I think uh, events being what they were, uh, the narrative had to kind of change uh, once once the primaries were down to just Biden. So, I mean, in a way, he's a guy who just kind of goes with the flow. He likes power. He likes prestige. He likes status. And, you know, whatever's in fashion at the moment, he seems to pursue. Uh, is that a fair read uh, on the guy? Yeah, I mean, I think I think to an extent. I mean, he ran his first campaign. He was he was a very progressive candidate. He actually railed very much against billionaires, and he talked about protecting Social Security, and, and Medicare, and other uh, social programs, and um, you know, very much kind of ran the kind of campaign that you would maybe expect someone like Bernie Sanders to run. Uh, and and because you know, it was the seventies, uh, early seventies. It was before kind of some of the the, the uh, Reagan turn. Uh, had changed politics. Uh, when politics began to change, uh, first in the kind of late 70s and then really in the 80s, he, he went along with it. And I think he himself said, you know, this is uh, where Reagan is, is kind of closer to where I am, at least the, the kind of budgetary thrust uh, that I prefer. And I think that was really his sweet spot for, for a lot of uh, decades. You know, I think uh, he was someone who was averse to populism. He, he was averse to class conflict. Um, and he kind of wanted to maintain things as they were. If, if anything, you know, it was, it was uh, one of his big um, uh, concerns was about the, the deficit and, and spending, uh, which personally, you know, I think is, is not really the priority, particularly for the United States. I mean, the priority is, you know, the, the, the levels of poverty and, and, and the terrible healthcare crisis that's never been resolved in this country. But that was, um, you know, that was, was not really his priorities. Um, and, and I think now, you know, again, partly because of the times that we're in, partly because of some of the popular pressure that has been put on him from uh, the, the, the grassroots and Democratic base, but also from, you know, some left-wing movements that have tried to push him. He has, you know, shifted a little bit, at least he did in the first year of his presidency. I think since about 2022, He's kind of gone back to some of that old conservative Joe Biden, but I don't think it's getting him the kind of results that he uh, that he wants. Well, we know that uh, liberals, actually far left liberal AOC, you know, she, they're frustrated, and uh, he does seem to kind of just change his tune a lot. But final question, if you don't mind, how would you grade his personal integrity? I mean, you looked at him very, very closely. I mean, let's face it, the guy the guy lies a lot. You've seen the clips, especially when he ran for uh, president in 1980. So, how do you account for that? Well, you know, I mean, maybe to sound like an unlikely voice of reason here, I mean, I think, uh, yes, he hasn't had, uh, Joe, Joe Biden's history is, is not exactly one of uh, sterling political integrity. I mean, I think his his family, it's not so much been personal corruption, it's been really his family has traded off the Biden name and, and, and made money off it. And, and, you know, he is, I think, a family-focused guy. 
And I think to, but for that reason, he's always protected his family and tried to do right by them, even if it means sometimes skirting some some ethical lines. Um, and of course, you know, also uh, he himself has been no uh, not not remotely averse to to taking campaign uh, finance donations to stay in power. So. Um, I think, you know, unfortunately, corruption and pay-to-play is the way it is in Washington. And, you know, Joe Biden's not necessarily worse or different in that respect, yeah. but he's not someone I think is going to challenge our system. Branko, uh, thank you very much. The book is Yesterday's Man, The Case Against Joe Biden. Uh, sounds like there's some interesting stuff in there. May not agree with it all, but uh, uh, worthy of uh, reading and consideration. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. Garrett Ziegler, veteran of the Trump administration and founder of Marco Polo USA. Have you heard about these folks? Uh, amazing research. Uh, they've uncovered all kinds of corruption. And the laptop, no one's been better on the laptop, maybe with the possible exception of the New York Post. Uh, they were so upset with Garrett Ziegler that Hunter's lawyer, this is totally outrageous, fired off a letter to the IRS basically saying, investigate this guy. How about that? The son of a president of the United States telling a federal agency who they should be investigating. Garrett Ziegler, uh, welcome to Newsbacks. I'm sorry, we're slightly short on time. You've been through the transcript uh, today, that uh, plea hearing that wasn't actually didn't come off as planned. What do you think? Well, I think that it was unprecedented and the judge recognized that she was saying to the prosecutors and Hunter's attorneys, you're basically expecting me to rubber stamp this. And there are, quote, atypical provisions in here. Why is it atypical? Because Joey's son is on the stand. Atypical provisions. And it seemed like I, I, I've been through it a little bit. And even yes. the the prosecutor was a little bit, uh, 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 the defense attorney was like, uh, uh, like they had some shady deal arranged and they weren't yes. prepared for the scrutiny uh, that the judge was applying. Yes, they were basically expecting her to not be as uh, curious as she was. And we wrote to her last week, I know we spoke about this briefly, but Rudy Giuliani and Robert Costello signed on to a letter that our nonprofit sent to her saying that there is nothing ordinary about this. And so they should have known. And the judge asked the prosecutor, is there precedent for this? And he said, no, Your Honor. So he had to admit under oath that they've never done this before. The District of Delaware, Greg, has never offered this deal to any other U.S. citizen. It's an abomination. And although it's not a win per se, it's definitely better than the alternative. And so I don't want to you know, uh, distribute false hope. But it's better than if she just would have, you know, rubber stamped the deal. Marco Polo USA, people can go there to find out all about that laptop. You've been through it like nobody's business. Um, something that you've seen that we haven't seen that we should see? I think that the fact that there is an active investigation into FARA is the most promising. I put it in air quotes because I don't actually believe the prosecutors are noble. However, if they let Hunter off with mere tax evasion and the gun charge, it will be the greatest limited hangout ever. And so what everybody needs to understand and to answer your question, the meat of it, and this is where I would disagree with your previous guest, the meat of it is that Joe is the chairman and the violations of law that that chairman oversaw were FARA violations and money yeah. laundering, which themselves have much greater penalties. 
Garrett Ziegler, we appreciate it so much. To be continued, uh, important you work you're much. doing. You bet. MarcoPoloUSA.org. Check it out. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. I switched. I switched. I switched. I switched to Newsmax. 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 Have you made the switch? You bet I did. My whole family switched. Millions are switching to Newsmax. You should too. So if you're watching this right now, if you watch the whole show, you know we're doing something very special on this show. Uh, Do me a favor. Tell your friends, okay? Um, We want to get the word out about Newsmax and about this show. So I appreciate it, and I'll be back tomorrow.